Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlach. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. We are officially entering the holiday season, brother. It has been crazy how fast this year has flown by, but we're here. With the with us entering this holiday season, I thought it would be appropriate for us to have a conversation on pastoring during the holidays. It can be a, a joyous time for pastors, mm-hmm. but it can be busy, mm-hmm. very busy for pastors. Uh, the pastoring during the holidays can be stressful. I mean, you're preaching, you're, you're leading, you're having many events, really from Fall Fest all the way till Christmas. There's just Church, many churches have events just spread out all in that short period of time. Yeah, and you're still doing everything else that you normally do in a week. You're still doing counseling sessions. You're still doing visitations. You're still doing all of these things on top of that. So, with all of that in mind, so let's just open up the conversation with maybe you sharing some tips on how pastors can ensure they're resting well during the holidays. Not just that they're resting well, but that they're also taking time in this holiday season to reflect on Christ and what He's done. Yeah, well, there there are a couple of things. I mean, one, uh, we all know this. I mean, the the high water marks of the church, you know, kind of high tide season for the church is uh, um, Easter and and Christmas. You know, those are the two busiest times, you know, of the year, just because of the events that are going on, because of you know just the significance of those moments in the life of the church celebrating you know the resurrection of Christ and in in uh, Easter celebrating the incarnation in, uh, during Christmas time and so some of it's baked in you yeah. know some of it's built in that you just know these seasons are going to be incredibly busy seasons for for the pastor uh, just because they are such uh, significant uh, times of the year for the church. Uh, and so there's there's part of it where you have to kind of brace yourself, you yeah. know, uh, you you should do some prep in in uh, the lead in uh, for that. And you should schedule certainly some time on the on the back ends as well, you know, to say, OK, let's get some time to rest. Let's get some time to recoup. Let's get some time to. Uh, to recharge and refresh, um, you know, those types of things are good. But even in the moments, some of the things that you have to remind yourself is that uh, you are uh, you're a pastor. You know, you're not the um, the stage manager, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're not the uh, the uh, the planner. You know, if you will, almost like a wedding planner. You know, making sure everybody's in their proper spaces and make sure everything. You know, I mean, this this isn't a performance. This isn't a yeah. a show. You know, or anything like that. Um, so I, I think a lot of times we we add more to our plates than is actually necessary. Yeah. Uh, because I think that in those moments we think that or at least we become people that we really aren't, uh, whereas, you know, the Lord has tasked us to shepherd the flock. Uh, so there there is a sense in which there's a lot of normal, like you said, you know, you still have to do counseling. You still have to do, you know, sermon prep. You still have to do all of these different things. Um, and I would say it would be wise for you to allow other people who are you know perhaps more gifted uh, and and qualified to do you know a lot of the 
the other stuff, you know, set them and kind of release them to do the other stuff uh, so that you can focus on on those tasks. Almost as if we're, we're right back in an act six thing, yeah. you know, where there are things that the uh, that that, you know, you could be involved in and so on. But you got to make sure that you keep your priorities straight, especially when it comes to rest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said, it's unavoidable as we enter the season. You know, it's going to be busy. Like mm-hmm. you, you've had these things on the calendar all year. And in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of weighty because, mm-hmm. like yeah. you've mentioned, Easter and Christmas are the times of the year where there are going to be people that are going to be coming to these things that are, mm-hmm. haven't been and probably won't be coming back at other times. And so there is kind of a weight to that. Yeah. Uh, but but definitely making sure that you're ta- taking time to rest well in between those things, mm-hmm. making sure that you have accountability around you to say – you know, you're running on fumes right now, brother. You might just need to take a break. Yeah. And then, and as you said, trusting other people. I mean, your job as a pastor is to equip the, the church to do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so this is a this is one of those times that it becomes evident if you've been doing that or not. That you have, do you have people around you that can help you carry the weight of this? I'm not an event planner, a, a very good one at least. And so if I know that's a weakness of mine then I need to get people around me that are really good and strong in that, that are mm-hmm. organized, that can help with those things. Because Christmas is that, you know, you've got children's programs, you've got Christmas concerts, you've got all of these things going on. And so uh, if that if that is a weakness or if there are other weaknesses, getting people that are strong in those things to come alongside you yeah. uh, to help you in that, but also to take a, to take a load off. Because again, you're still doing those other things. Mm-hmm. Like ministry doesn't stop during yeah. the holidays. It's not like, you know those counseling sessions. Oh, we're just going to pause those for for this season. You, you you can start that back. No, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And so rest is, is is vitally important. You know, we mentioned not resting well as a mistake pastors can make during the holiday season. What are some other mistakes pastors can can make during the holidays that they just need to be aware of as they as they do ministry? Well, yeah, you. I mean, we mentioned uh, the idea of um, uh, perhaps over committing, you know, in terms of uh, you know, your responsibilities and so on, doing more than you really should be doing as the pastor, maybe underlying that sometimes, at least for, for, for several pastors, is a sense that, you know, this is, this is your time to shine, mm. <laughs> you know, as the pastor. So this is Christmas. I mean, yeah. you know, all eyes are on you. This is the Super Bowl. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So this, you know, they're coming to hear you, you know, preach the incarnation or they're here to hear you preach the resurrection. Well, no. <laughs> or or you're trying to win them to your church rather yeah. than win them to Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's another part of it. You know, you've got, as you mentioned, you've got a lot of visitors, you've got a lot of uh, folks who may not know Christ and everything, and you, you know, first impression, you know, and so we want to make sure that, that you know, for for you, you're thinking for yourself, you're thinking for the church and all that. We Guys, you know, this this can't be a base hit. Like, we got to swing for the fences on this one and, and so on. I, I just think that those things are, are, are not the best way to think about these, these seasons, nor the best way to think about your church and certainly not the best way to think about yourself. Uh, one, they're not coming to, to hear you. Yeah, they're they're right. coming to hear the, 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 the Lord. They're coming to hear the scriptures. They want to hear from God. And so you want to make sure that, that you are 
uh, approaching the scriptures with the right mindset, not you know making it all about you, but but rather you know making much of Him. Uh, in terms of unbelievers, they you know they they're not coming for the show, or if they are coming for the show, then they're coming for the wrong reason. Right? Uh, they should be uh, there to to hear about the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, that's why we invited them. We invited them so that they would hear the gospel. We invited them so that they would see what Christian community actually looks like. Uh, you know, and 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 all of that. So you want to make sure that you're that you're not um, moving the goalpost, if you will, uh, and making you know the aim during um, uh, during the holiday seasons uh, any different than the aim any other Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. any other time that you gather. Uh, we're here to exalt Christ. We're here to encourage one another. Uh, we're here to edify and build up the body so that we can go uh, and fulfill his mission in our community. And so, um, you know, it, yeah, we, we get this idea that that things change, you know, during the holidays uh, and, and that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, now this is about the, the appearance and it's about the performance and it's about all these different things. No, it's not. It's about making much of Christ mm-hmm. and lifting up his name, uh, you know, not uh, increasing so that he may increase, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. rather continuing in that mission that you know that we obviously learn you know by the example of John the Baptist we decrease yes. uh, so verses. that he may increase exactly yeah. favorite exactly. verses uh, yeah you know we mentioned a little bit about delegation I mean that's mm-hmm. obviously something you you the pastor don't want to carry too much on your shoulders uh, during this time but also to talk about a little bit more about rest yeah uh, so. Make sure that your rest isn't necessarily visiting family, because mm-hmm. I feel like that can be a potential pitfall. Yeah, is that you think, well, we're going to go visit family. That'll be a time I, re- I I'm going to rest. Sometimes that's not a very restful experience. It's uh, true. It's just not. Mm-hmm. It's it's in in some ways it's it's just as busy. Yeah, and there are there aren't times that you can you know pull away mm-hmm. and, and and truly rest and maybe something else kind of attached to that is your kids are off from mm-hmm. school. Yeah. And so it's a really good opportunity for you as a pastor, as a father, mm-hmm. to, to pour into them and to spend time with them. And uh, the last thing you want to do is fill up that time doing other things Yeah, where you're not, you're not, you know, leveraging that time well. And so I would encourage pastors to think about that. Yeah. And you know, that may, that actually leads to another point, um, kind of the mistakes that we make during this season is that we can spend so much time making sure that everybody else, uh, you know, gets the reason for the season, you yeah. know, that everybody else understands, you know, the significance of, of you know, the incarnation, the significance of, you know, uh, Christ's birth and, and Christ's uh, Christ appearing and so on, that we forget that we're supposed to be worshiping too. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we forget about our our families we forget about our own hearts and our own souls you know in this in this process and and so yeah it may be you know that we've we've poured everything into our church families and poured everything into their um uh you know, th- you know making sure that they are worshiping the lord that we may forget that we're supposed to as well. It's kind of the Mary Martha thing, you know. We're we're too busy in the kitchen, 
you know, making sure that everything is everything is right. right and everything is set and everything is perfect, you know, for Jesus. And and the Lord just gently says, hey, you know, Martha, come come on over here. Come yeah. over here. See, you know, it's not that she did anything wrong. Yeah. You know, it's just that Mary chose the better thing. She's yeah. actually sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so we got to make sure that we don't fall into that Martha syndrome yeah. during the holidays. It's a great point, brother. I mean, we can go through the Christmas season just doing and doing and doing, and it goes by quick. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you're like, man did I even really have a chance to process this as it was coming? And so definitely finding times to worship and to reflect and to spend intentional time alone with the Lord, to spend time with your family and, Mm -hmm. and to do the things that we all love to do during Christmas, uh, you know, having those Christmas traditions and, and doing those things. Yeah. You know, one, one other thing that I would, I would mention too, and this is more after Christmas. Uh, I know my pastor takes a, a break after Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's when they go and, and, and do all the things to, to pull away and to spend time with family and things like that. Sure. So I would encourage pastors, if, if you have someone who is gifted and, and has been trained and equipped well in preaching, maybe even bringing someone on that may not be in the church, but that does pulpit supply regularly, bring them on and, and just go take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, even if you do this well, it's still a busy season and you're still going to feel tired and, and needing that rest, regardless of how you get through it. Uh, we want you to get through it in one piece, yeah. but you know, definitely consider taking a break, if not times during then for maybe an extended time after mm-hmm. after Christmas. Mm-hmm. What are some unique ways pastors can serve their communities during the holiday season? There's definitely, I mean, it's contagious, man. Whenever Christmas comes up, people are just in the giving mood. There's yeah. just, we all feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all feel the, the the joy, even for unbelievers. I mean, there's just, it's just a special time. So what are what are some ways that churches can can serve their communities well during yeah. this season? Well, there are so many different ways that we that we do that. I mean, you have churches that will do toy drives. You know, they'll they'll provide gifts and and so on for their neighbors, uh, and that certainly can be a blessing. That could be uh, that can be helpful. Um, you know, there are others that that uh, do service projects. You know, um, I know that when we were over in Baltimore, one of the things that we loved to do was uh, we would visit the nursing homes uh, mm. that were around. And uh, my wife, Annie, is uh, is is very musical. And so uh, she would get uh, the kids in, from the church and, and some of the uh, adults in the church as well. And they would just go from nursing home to nursing home singing Christmas carols wow. uh, just as a way to encourage, you know, the shut in and, and, and so on as well. Uh, that was always a blessing. Um, you know, there are ways that... Y- um, you know, some have, have thought about even things like, um, you know, having opportunities to get uh, the needy, the the homeless and, you know, some folks, you know, kind of get them off of the street right. or, or, you know, whether either go to the shelters or invite folks from the shelters to the church and uh, have a meal with them and, and uh, just seek to be a blessing to them, things like that. There's so many different ways uh, that we can uh, extend the love of Christ, you know, during the season. And what I've observed is that, especially during that season, just like you said, you know, it kind of is the season of giving, you know, the season of caring, you know, and and sharing and and things like that. It reminds me of an old Flintstone cereal commercial. <laughs> um, but but um, you know, there's there's 
seems to be a, a greater receptivity to it as well. Yeah, you know, right. um, that there are folks that that just tend to be a little bit more softened, you know, to uh, you know to these acts of kindness and acts of generosity and so on as well. So, so you just think about that uh, as a as a pastor, you know, that um, there are you know opportunities all around you. Where you can serve, there are ways that you can bless uh, your neighbors. Whether you're talking about schools or, as I said before, shelters, uh, you know, um, helping out, you know, those that are in need in your community, uh, you know, all of these different ways that you can uh, serve, all these different ways that you can, um, just as the Lord uh, came, you know, to serve, you know, not to be served, we get the opportunity to go and to serve uh, our communities and share His love uh, in our in our neighborhoods. Yeah, that's some really good ways. To, to serve communities. Uh, you know, I know of a church uh, nearby that uh, did a coat drive, mm. got a lot of mm. coats. It's a very cold time in a lot of places, unless you're, you know, from the South like I am, it gets cold. And yeah. so I think, you know, churches that do coat drives to help get uh, jackets and, and things like that for homeless, but also for mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. Uh, is, is a great way to serve the community. Yeah. If, if I could give a little bit of a caveat, though, just a, just kind of a public service announcement <laughs> to our pastors uh, and to your churches make sure that as you are uh, you know thinking about these types of opportunities that you remember what the goal is right so yes. the goal is not to give stuff away yes this isn't transactional uh, there i've know that there are plenty of folks that that lament and maybe even wonder if it's worth doing these types of things year in and year out when they'll say things like, well, you know, it's not like folks are coming to the church and it's not like, you know, they were here on Saturday, but they didn't come back on Sunday and all of that. And that kind of um, uh, exposes a transactional understanding of serving. That's a good point. You know, that you're, you're serving to give stuff away and this is, you know, this is business. So we gave, we gave you something. How come you're not giving us anything back? You know, church attendance and things like that. I actually heard recently about a pastor who, um, you know, who wanted to give out uh, different um, gifts and so on to folks in the community. And he inserted in there a thank you card, Uh, not a thank you card to say thank you to them, but it was actually blank. Uh, The goal was, for them to write a thank you card back to mm. you know, to the church, and it was just like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's that kind of idea of we did this for you, so you know, give give us something back, yeah. you know, in in return. Well, that's not what this is about. Uh, one, uh, you should be emphasizing. First off, the the love of the Lord, you know, as he as the Lord Himself said that we're to give, expecting nothing in return. Um, you know that those those are those words are in red. Um, so there's that part. But then also remember, this is about again, this isn't a a commercial break from the the mission of the church and the responsibilities of the church. This is an opportunity, kind of a, a special opportunity for you to be what you should already be in your community. And so if you are here to make disciples and so on, and this is an opportunity for you to build relationships right. with the people that are there. So it's not about giving stuff away. Yeah. It's about building relationships with the people uh, that you meet and, and you know, you getting to know them a little bit better, them getting to know you and your church a little bit better. And it's from that continual pursuit of a relationship mm. that you start to see more connections uh, and opportunities uh, for your church. That's a really good point, brother. Because I think all of us, 
can be tempted to think that way mm-hmm. with that te- that transactional mindset. Yeah. And one of the things that you said earlier that I thought was just really good is inviting people into your homes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what gift could be better for someone than to have them actually come over and take part in some of what you're doing with your families? Yeah. Uh, especially thinking singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are people in your it's church, your churches mm-hmm. that they're not going to have that experience. They're not going to have that. I mean, think about the the singles that aren't going home for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or for that Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity to bring them in just to let them have a good meal and to spend time with you and your family. And just and in that, there's, there's teaching yeah. to see how a family interacts with one another and, yeah. and, and all of that. And so definitely make sure that you you see opportunities for people in your church people out of your church to bring them in. I love that idea. You you and Annie do a great job of of doing that yourselves. You you had us over last last year for Thanksgiving and that mm-hmm. was a sweet time for us and so definitely look for ways to do that. Another thing, this is a unique way to serve families. Here and it you know this is a little different. It's, a, it's in a seminary context. The seminary is close to this church, but there's a church uh, near Southeastern that every year hosts a toy uh, mm-hmm. a toy event yeah. where they purchase toys at full price and they sell those toys for like a dollar or two dollars mm-hmm. or three dollars uh, for seminary students uh, or, or college students yeah. as well here at Southeastern and that's just a unique way to serve to serve seminary students yeah. all, most of which aren't able to work mm-hmm. a whole lot some are are, are not you know, don't don't have the strongest finances, and that would like to to get a lot of gifts for their kids. But it's a it, you know it's a lot to to ask for financially, and you know this church takes that that little bit of money and and donates that to missions, and so it's a big deal around here. So I would say, think about where you're at. Mm-hmm. Are there schools nearby? Are there universities? Like what what is what is what is the context look like for your church? Yeah, and then just think about. What are some ways that we can leverage that mm-hmm. and serve our communities well? I think that that that's just wise anyway for yeah. churches to, to think about, but especially during this this season where there are real opportunities to to, to serve. Yeah. So you mentioned that that your wife Annie would go caroling mm-hmm. uh, for for shut-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, shout out to the Lock Flock. <laughs> the holidays can be a time where we we gather together with our families, and it can be it can be great, but as yeah. you know, we mentioned just a little bit ago, it can also be a very lonely season yeah. for some. Yeah. So how can pastors and churches make sure they're, that they're caring for people who are isolated mm-hmm. during the holidays and that they're not neglecting them? Right, right. I mean, that is such a good point. You know, um, in in our culture, we, we uh, you know, in America, we talk about how, you know, Christmas is about family. Christmas is about being around the ones you love, you know, and all these kind of nostalgic uh, messages that we hear during the holiday season. The fact of the matter is that's just not real for for several people. Uh, there are many who have lost loved ones. I mean, even just as we think about the pandemic the last couple of years, there are a lot of empty chairs uh, at the table. Uh, over the last couple of years, not, and and not even just uh, pandemic related, but just the you know the the cycle of life, the season of life. You know, there there are grandparents who are nearing you know their final days. You know, there are folks who, uh, you know, who whose health you know is failing, and all of these different things. And as a as a pastor, you should be aware of those things. Um, you know, uh, get, uh, keep kind of a running list of the ones who have lost fa- uh, family members. Think about those who have been widowed 
uh, in the last year or, or last several years. Keep a list of the widows, you know, in your in your church, uh, and and perhaps as a church, send a note to them, uh, you know, a Christmas card or something like that, just to say, hey, we know that this is a is a difficult season for you. We know that this that this opens up a lot of wounds for you as you as you uh, uh, again are reminded that your husband is gone or you're reminded that your wife is gone and 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 so on. Um, for those who are shut in, you know, you get an opportunity to visit them. You know, like we mentioned, you know, caroling and and things like that. But just to be a blessing to them, mm-hmm. uh, you may have some who are in the hospital. You know, that happens. You know, they they may be in the hospital during the holidays uh, because of illness or or injury or something like that. Uh, don't forget them. During the season, you know, but but you, know, you may have an opportunity, uh, um, uh, of course, you know, if you if, if uh, you're permitted to do so, uh, to visit them and to again to have an opportunity to bless them. Uh, you know, the the scriptures uh, James talks about visiting the fatherless and the and the widow in their uh, distress. Uh, you know that that is what pure and undefiled religion before God looks like. And so, we as you think about that during the holidays, you think, okay, who are the ones that are in need? Who are the ones ones who are grieving, who are the ones who are hurting, uh, who are the ones who are alone, um, and so forth, and and you get the opportunity to bless them. Uh, I know some families that are strained, and uh, there may be a member in your church whose children, uh, say they're an older uh, member in your church, whose children just don't come home to visit them anymore. Mm. You know, they've, they've, they're gone, and, and they just they don't come back, you know. They they they're living their lives and and so on. Uh, as you uh, you know, get to know them in in your uh, as you're shepherding them and so on. Be mindful of them during the during the holidays. They may not get a Merry Christmas from their kids. They may not get a Christmas visit from their kids. They may not even get a Christmas card from their kids and so on. Uh, but that's an opportunity for the church to say, hey, you know, you are a dear sister in our family. We love you and the Lord loves you. And uh, we're thinking about you and we're with you during the season. So it, you have opportunities to uh, to care for those, um, you know, where, uh, you know, again, uh, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And in, during the holiday season, there may be a lot of a lot more weeping than rejoicing for some people. But you have an opportunity to be a blessing to them. Yeah. So let's go back to families. Mm-hmm. Spend some time here specifically, you know, Christmas Thanksgiving, you know, this season in general is just uh, a time where families gather together. Some haven't seen each other in a while, especially sure. you, know, you mentioned the pandemic. I mean, we're mm-hmm. getting to a point now where families are starting to get back together for these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it can be a great time. It yeah. can also be a reminder. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there are people in your family who may not be believers. Mm-hmm. So how can Christians navigate their relationships with unbelieving family members? It's something that can be very difficult. Not just because it can be confrontational to talk about, but because you you genuinely want to see this family member come to faith so badly. You, yeah. you, you are genuinely concerned for their salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say really two sides, at least in my head, two sides of the same coin. Um, one side is there, there should be a sense of urgency, you know, uh, Especially when you think of uh, family members that you may not see very often, but you see them during the holidays, there's an urgency to say, "I I got to take an opportunity to to tell them about Jesus. I I, I can't let this opportunity pass." 
Um, I, I want to find some way to uh, uh, to to tell them uh, about what what the Lord has done. Uh, it may be an annual you know, slamming of the door, (laughs) you know, an annual occurrence where you share the gospel and they get upset or they just, you know, uh, get standoffish and and so on. And, but, but I got to take the opportunity, you know, I can't, I can't pass this up. Uh, They, they need to hear the gospel. And, and so there's a sense of urgency. That's kind of one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is you got to be patient. Uh, So don't be that guy where, you know, you are seeing, you know, uncle, Uncle Todd or whatever, you know, and you go over to him and you just say, hey, Uncle Todd, do you know Jesus? You know, uh, hey, Uncle Todd, you know, you rejected me last year. Now you got to, you know, you, you shouldn't you, reject me again. Are you still an unbeliever this year? Exactly. Exactly. Be patient. Yeah. Be patient. That's uh, good. Have the opportunity and give the courtesy to hear how things are. Hey, how have things been since the last time we uh, we talked? You know, hey, how are things going? I, I heard, you know, heard that you were, you know, you got a job over here and I heard that it was going pretty well. Man, that's so great. That's so great to hear, you know, and uh, show some type of genuine, legitimate Christian care mm. <laughs> and love for the person, um, you know, and, 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 and so on. And that actually may be helpful, too, if that person is a bit antagonistic or hostile to the gospel. Um, you know, if, if you're just coming in guns blazing and you're ready to roll, uh, you know, that you may wind up getting, uh, you know, a, a closed door before you've even said anything. Um, but if you show some sense of care, some sense of concern, and so on, uh, that may wind up being being a helpful thing. Uh, and and a third thing, I said two sides of the coin, but it's completely this is a third. This is a three headed yeah, coin. Yeah, yeah a three sided coin. Um, but bathe it in prayer. Mm. Yes. Pray going in. Pray while you're in the house. Pray in the conversation. Pray at all times that the Lord would uh, would soften their hearts. It doesn't mean that that person is going to have some type of hallmark you know yeah. style uh, come to Jesus moment right there at the dining room table or or anything like that. Hey, if God wants to do that, that's great. Yeah. But more often than not, uh, you're advancing the ball. You know, right. it's 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 an incremental, you know, they are considering the gospel more now than they did before. And if I can come in and say, have your church pray for this Absolutely. as well. One of the beautiful Absolutely. things our church did recently was have moments in our service where we were just like sharing names, mm-hmm. not just family members, but coworkers and other things of people that we were just, we were, we were trying to to share the gospel with them, but also just build relationships with them and to love them and serve them. And so, you know, there were times where uh, our pastor would open the floor and we would we would share some of those names or give mm-hmm. updates. And then we as a church would pray for those names and we would, we would write those names down. And mm-hmm. so it's a real opportunity, not just for you. Yes, yeah. pray, mm-hmm. pray, 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 but also get other people to come alongside you and pray mm-hmm. for them. And in that, you're giving them a chance to come alongside and yeah. help and serve and and to love this person as well, even if they may never meet them. Yeah, there's still that opportunity, but it can be tough. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. you know, they they say that there's some things you never discuss at yeah. these kind of gatherings, so politics and religion. But but being a Christian isn't just something you can turn on and off, mm-hmm. especially when you're when you're a pastor because you're a pastor too. Yeah, our identity as believers is rooted in Christ, mm-hmm. and it's something we we can't just mute. Right. You know, I was talking to a friend about this recently. We were having this conversation as I was preparing for this episode, and he made the point that one danger we want to avoid is that we so often fall into this mentality of complacency with our family members. We get used to being around 
them as unbelievers. Mm-hmm. And there becomes this this mentality of uh, now isn't the time to have a conversation mm-hmm. or we'll deal with it later. Yeah. Now's not the time. Yeah. But sometimes there's not always a later. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for some family members, you may only see them once a year. Yeah. And even the ones that you see regularly, you just never know what happens. And so there is that urgency, mm-hmm. but with wisdom, yeah. as, as, as you've said. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned this earlier, you know, the holidays are an excellent time to have this kind of conversation because more people are willing to go to church during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the past two years, we've just endured. <laughs> yeah, I've found people are more willing to have the conversation than they've ever been in the past. And mm-hmm. so... But again, none of that takes away from the the challenge that it is, the difficulty in navigating this. Uh, every family is different. Every family has their own baggage, and it's not necessarily a one size fits all. Yeah. But the point that that you made that I just I, I love, and it's it's very important to remember, is patience. Mm-hmm. It's patience. Don't forget, you were probably hard headed at some point too. Oh yeah. And praise the Lord that we serve a God that is patient with us. So don't forget that. You have to remember how patient the Lord has been with you. Mm-hmm. And also remember that it's not always just gospel presentation. This is the same thing with anybody. You know, it, it's, it's finding opportunities to love them, to care for them. If you haven't seen them in a year, one of the first questions you should ask is how have things been? Mm-hmm. And then let that conversation present opportunities if it comes up. Yeah. But don't let the holidays be the only time you're talking to this person. Mm-hmm. Find opportunities to visit them, to call them, to... To, to check in on them, to serve them. I mean, yeah. again, it doesn't take away from the difficulty. I know I know uh, brothers and sisters that have just been so burdened to see a loved one come to faith mm-hmm. that they've poured into prayer. And praise God for that. Yeah. Because you just never know what the Lord can do in a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he saved us. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, I, I 100% just want to emphasize that point of patience, mm-hmm. patience and endurance. Yeah. Don't, don't let the fact that it's, it's been 25 years uh, since you've been praying for this person and nothing's happened yet. Keep praying. Yeah. Just keep praying. Yeah. And, and one final thing to say on this is, you know, we can feel so burdened for our family members because we, we think, you know, that eternal perspective of we want to see this person come to faith and we want them to experience salvation and we want them to 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 experience what we've experienced uh through Christ we should feel that same weight for every person we encounter on a day-to-day basis right like that same burden we have for our mothers our fathers our sisters our cousins all of them we should have that same urgency mm-hmm. and that same care and love for every person that we work with, that mm-hmm. we see in the coffee shop, that we go to school with. Like that should be the mark of us. Like that should be our heartbeat yeah. is to see them with that same urgency and care. Yeah. And it's not limited to Christmas or, or kind of, again, exactly. the high water marks. Yeah. I think a lot of times we're, again, we, we're, we're kind of gripped by the nostalgia of of the moment, and and we feel you know kind of elevated you know an elevated sense of 
of of um, of desire and elevated sense of longing to see you know these folks come to faith, and that's great. That's great. You know, inv- invite them to church. You know, uh, get the opportunity to talk with them uh, in your family gatherings and and so on. But but what happens on December twenty sixth? You know what yeah. happens. Uh, you know when when the season is over and the trees are are, are gone and the lights are, are off and and back in the boxes in the attic. You know and all of this. What what happens when all of that goes? Do you box up that that longing for you know for your family member to be saved too? Does that go into the attic as well? Yeah, that's a good um, point. You know this isn't the only opportunity. That you have to uh, to share the gospel with them. Now, obviously, you know it may be they're coming from out of town, and and this may be you know the only opportunity that you may have face to face with them. Uh, but there are plenty of opportunities that you may be able to have along the way, uh, whether it be you know over the phone or whether you know if, if they're if they're from a long distance or 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 things like that. You still have opportunities to share the faith uh, with them and. Wherever they are, you have an opportunity to pray. Yeah, uh, you have an opportunity to intercede, call out to God for their salvation, um, and and pray for His protection of their yeah. lives. You know, uh, when they leave from kind of that Christian context, at least you know, with you there or your family there or so on, and they're back into a place where they're surrounded and inundated by folks who don't know Christ. God still hears those yeah. prayers, and God still you know is able to. Uh, to drown out the noises of those who don't know Christ and all of that. Don't underestimate what the Lord is yeah. capable of doing uh, uh, through your intercession. And don't underestimate the power of prayer. It's yeah. a powerful, powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and one last thing with this, you know, if you're a parent and you have young kids mm-hmm. who are unbelievers, sprinkle the gospel throughout. I mean, yeah. you and I have talked about this uh, in the past about just family traditions that mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. Advent calendar. Uh, yeah, and, Advent calendar, yeah. devotions, mm-hmm. you know, intentional mm-hmm. times of prayer. Sprinkle that throughout. Don't let Christmas just be the commercial yeah. holiday. Yeah. Take time to share the gospel. Really lean on what the the significance of the incarnation mm-hmm. is and, and all of that. Like, yeah. So when we talk about, you know, unbelieving family members, I mean, for, for many of us, that's close to home. You know, it's in our household. So don't ever underestimate the power of doing those things with your kids as well. Absolutely. This year, Christmas will fall on a Sunday, which is unique. Any tips for pastors on preaching this year? Well, uh, it would be nice <laughs> if you would use this as an opportunity to preach, uh, to preach Christ, to preach His coming, preach the incarnation, you know, something along those lines. Uh, what I would, or honestly, what I would say more than that is. Uh, how about you consider actually having a service? Yeah, uh, I know that there's some who will say, "Well, we want this to be a time for family. Christmas is about family, and all of these kinds of things." Or just be discouraged about there not being a lot of people that will show up. Yeah, yeah, and you know, before Christmas became a hallmark moment, um, it was an actual, you know, like 
you know, it's, it has deep biblical uh, uh, roots in that it's about the, the celebration of the incarnation of Christ. Uh, and I'm not talking December 25th or anything like that, but, but just the remembering Christ has come. And Christ has, you know, uh, uh, been born to us, as Luke 2 will say. Uh, Christ is our Savior. Christ is, you know, the Lord. And he did not leave us in our mess, but he actually entered the mess, you know, and, and redeemed us and rescued us and so on. So this is a great opportunity for us to worship. Uh, I remember talking to uh, Minu Zhang, who's uh, one of our, uh, our uh, dear brothers here at the seminary, uh, teaches um, uh, and, and helps with our Asian uh, studies and, and um, Asian mobilization and so on here at Southeastern. I remember we were having a, a Christmas moment. In fact, I think it was last Christmas season. And uh, we were sitting at a table together and I just asked him point blank. So, so what, what, what are your Christmas traditions? Like what, what, what do you do in, in Korea and, and what's life like there during the holidays? And he said, well, uh, on Christmas, we go to church. <laughs> and, and I was just waiting. Do you guys exchange presents? Do you guys do any of that? <laughs> no, we go to church and we worship Jesus. And oh. you're like, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and instantly I, you know, my uh sense of Christian, you know, uh uh you know, any any ranking that I would have had, you know, in terms of Christianity, I tanked. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> because I realized uh that in Korea uh, gathering together with the body on Christmas is the tradition. Yeah, you know, we gather together to celebrate Jesus as a church, you know, as His people, and so on. Uh, we in the West, for whatever reason, have options. You know, where we say, well, you know, it's a time to be with your family. It's a time to be with the ones you love. It's a time, you know, and again, all the kind of the hallmark, you know, pitch. Um, but uh, but as as believers. We should want to have Christmas together. We should yeah. want to gather together. We should want to to sing the songs of our of our Savior together and to praise His name as a church family together. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should we should have that. So uh, I don't I don't uh, think that uh, as you said I don't think that that we should let numbers and all of those things uh, dictate whether we're going to gather or not. Uh, but rather, we should let the significance of the moment. You know the significance of the doctrine that we uh, that we're proclaiming uh, dictate the moment. We should gather and we should enjoy our time together. And even if it's a short time together, yeah. you know, uh, if you're going to lose that battle, you know, at least say, "Hey, let's keep the doors open for for at least just a little bit to say yeah. as a church family together." Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Mm. We will be dropping an episode soon on preaching Christ from the Old Testament, so if you're still thinking about what to preach for Christmas, uh, that might be a helpful conversation to Mm -hmm. check out soon. Uh, Real quick, I want to put you on the spot, man. This was unplanned. What is your favorite Christmas song? All pressure in the world right now. Oh, boy, oh, boy. The older I get, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah. It has become more significant for me. I think just the longing in my heart has grown a, a bit more. And that is such a beautifully written a song of longing. Um, and so that one has always been dear to my heart. Um, kind of an, an, a little bit more obscure one. Um, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. 
okay. is is a is is one that I've I've kind of you know loved privately <laughs> um, because it's not one that we sing that much in churches, but but just hearing. You know, uh, then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men is just such a great verse. Yeah, I love that verse. Um, you know, uh, and of course, joy to the world, and you know, uh, uh, and different, See, I'm, different I'm, songs I'm, like that. I'm not unique, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But oh, holy night, yeah, is just my jam. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a gospel. Um, song. It's actually it's funny because it's not really a Christmas song, and yet it's such a Christmas song. Uh, there's a group, Israel and New Breed, that has a worship album, uh, a, a Christmas album, and in there they have a, a about a it's like a ten minute medley of all of these different songs that they weave together, and and I tell you there there are few songs like that like that medley. That I'll listen to every Christmas and just be in tears, you know, just thinking about how amazing our Lord is, yeah. um, that that he has come to save us and come to rescue us. So, yeah, there there's so many ones uh, that I've loved, you know, uh, Kirk Franklin's Now Behold the Lamb, you know, is a fabulous song. And, yeah, they're they're just they're too yeah. many to count. Uh, oh, but but yes. and and and, you know, maybe our listeners will come at me on this and everything. Good Friday, a uh, uh, Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was about to say Good so Friday. So by the time this drops, it's already past that. So yeah. we're listening to it. Yeah. So you know, Thanksgiving. You know, I'm singing songs of Thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. Right. You've you've blessed us. You've provided for us. You are so good and everything. And then midnight Thanksgiving, going into you know the next Friday and so on. That's when I break out Dude. all of the songs and I break out the Christmas sweaters and yeah. all of that. And I'm I'm in it. I'm with you, you know? man. I'm yeah. with you. It yeah. is absolute torture right now to not listen to it, but yeah. I know. I, I long for that day, which is coming so soon. <laughs> See, and that's it. It's about longing. Yeah, you know, it's a, it, you know, the day will come. That you know, and for all we'll the people there. that are thinking, but it, you know, every every Christian song is a Christmas song. You can take your Jesus juke. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any final words of encouragement for pastors and church leaders listening this week? Oh, just enjoy, enjoy the season. Don't let the the stresses of the moment and certainly don't let the enemy uh rob your joy uh we have great joy that's what that's what the angels said wasn't it you know we bring you good news of a great joy that will mm. be for all the people uh and 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 so you know uh, enjoy it embrace that that joy we have a savior and we have the opportunity, not just during the Christmas season, but we have an opportunity in every season to make much of him and to proclaim his name to our neighbors and to the nations. And so, uh, you know, just let the wonder sink in. Uh, this is a miracle of miracles. God sent his son. And there just is not any better news than that. We have a savior and he is alive and he has come to rescue us. And he will come again in the last day to make all things new. Mm, That's a good word, brother. Well, that'll do it. We want to thank you again for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this episode helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope we've done that today with this conversation. 
And as always, brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.